It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Today in the Word, we're in Mark chapter number 11. Mark's gospel here in chapter 11 is really a comparison with Matthew chapter 21 and also with Luke 19. Now, Mark chapter 11 begins the final section of this gospel, of Mark's gospel. And this final section is where Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, the last week of his earthly life. And it's what we commonly refer to as the Passion Week. And it begins with the triumphal entry. And chapter 11 describes uh, also, after his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he goes into the temple and it really describes his interaction with things going on in the temple that were displeasing to him. And we refer to this as Jesus cleansing the temple. So I'm going to begin reading this morning in Mark chapter 11 and in verse 15. And the Bible says, And they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple, and he began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he would not allow that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying to them, Is it not written? My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it, and they sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. So you understand the context here. The money changers were men who were kind of in cahoots with the high priests. And the target of their focus was the pilgrims who would come to Jerusalem to worship. And in order to come to worship in the temple, they had to bring their sacrifices. And in order to buy their sacrifices, they had to use temple currency. So these money changers were there and they were kind of changing the money that people would bring into, quote unquote, the approved currency of the temple. And they would do this at a very high rate of exchange. And then the approved animals would have to be bought. Uh, He mentions doves here. And at a very, once again, at a very absorbent rate. And so the idea here is not that money was being exchanged. The idea here was not that sacrifices were being obtained. The problem was that they were doing it in a dishonest or really for dishonest gain. And this was kind of their livelihood. And they were really taking advantage primarily of those, as I said, who would be coming to the temple on pilgrimage. So people were forced to buy approved animals at inflated prices. Jewish males were forced to exchange their money to be able to pay for their annual temple tax with an outrageous rate. And all of this was going on in the outer court of the temple, which was the part of the temple that was reserved for Gentile worship. It was called the court of the Gentiles. And that's why Jesus said in verse 17, is it not written, my house will be called of all nations or for all nations, the house of prayer. So here, once again, you see that Jewish religious people really with a very internal view of what was working best for them. And once again, we see the heart of God being put on display for those that were on the outside looking in. And in this case, 
it would have been the Gentiles who couldn't go into the innermost part of the temple. So the area that was reserved for Gentile worship, this place that was supposed to be the place of prayer, but Jesus said they made it a den of thieves. So these people that were coming to the temple to worship, and to give homage to the God of creation, the one that they have heard of, their place that was set aside for worship became this gathering place of these Jewish folks that were doing this dishonest gain, prioritizing their needs at the expense of the needs of the Gentiles. And this was grievous to the heart of God, and Jesus rebukes this practice but really more so he's rebuking the heart that is behind this practice in the name of their religion and in the name of getting it right the right animals with the right currency what they did is they devalued the gentiles they devalued the outsider that came to worship and and once again we see here that god's heart is with the outsider now it may appear here you say well it seems like god's always taken a position against the jewish people weren't the jewish people his chosen people please don't mix that up when you see this going on in the gospels it wasn't that god was opposed to the jews obviously they had been god's chosen people it's what they had become it's what their tradition had made them. It's the things they began to prioritize and in the name of their approval and those traditions, they kind of began to value certain things kind of online with the authority of scripture. So it wasn't that God's heart was against the Jew or against the Jewish people. It was he was against what they had made of it. And it really wasn't that God's heart was so much with the outsider. I think what you're seeing here is God's heart is with the true worshiper. Remember when Jesus went to the woman at the well in John chapter number four, and she was a Samaritan, so once again, outside of the Jewish fold. She said, you know, the Jews say we should worship at the temple in Jerusalem, but our fathers say we should worship in this mountain. And she said to Jesus, what do you say? And Jesus said, the time is coming and now is when the true worshipers will neither worship God in this mountain or in the temple, but the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. And so what Jesus was really valuing there was authentic worship, that the heart was right. Remember Jesus said, or in the Old Testament, Isaiah said, and Jesus repeated it, he said, these people honor me with their lips. He said, but what? Their heart is far from me. So it's really the heart. Psalm says, a broken and a contrite heart that God will not despise. He said, sacrifice and offering I would not, but a broken and a contrite heart I will not despise. What's he meaning? He's saying doing things simply for the sake of the tradition of doing it is not what God honors. It's that the heart of the true worshiper is what God is honoring. So once again, in this story, we see Christ's heart for the authentic, for the outsider, for the one who's coming with the true heart. And truthfully, whether that's Jew or Gentile, but in this case, that place set aside for that Gentile worship was being taken over for this newly devised tradition that really had no biblical merit whatsoever. It was based on biblical, based on making sacrifice, based on making appropriate sacrifice. But what did they do? They had kind and added on to that. It was for what they could get out of it rather than the heart for those others. And so the question then is this, why is God always choosing the outsider? It's 
actually him choosing what I would say the authentic over the hypocrite. The religious Jews professed faith, but it just wasn't there. And it's interesting because in this story of Jesus cleansing the temple, if you look at the verses just before it and just after it, in verse 12 it says, On the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, but for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said to it, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. So he cursed this fig tree. And it's interesting because after he cleanses the temple and they're leaving, it says in verse 20, In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. So this story of cleansing the temple is sandwiched between this story of the fig tree, the cursing of the fig tree. You say, why in the world did he curse that poor fig tree? Well, the issue is it shouldn't have been bearing leaves until it was the time of fruit. So in a sense, the, the fig tree was a false professor. It was professing fruit when it didn't have any fruit. And it was really a symbol of exactly what was going on in the temple and exactly what was going on in so much of the narrative with Jesus' interaction with the Jewish people, the religious people of his day. They're professing something that their heart just is not bearing. And that's what is going on here. Leaves profess fruit, but there were none. Man, they were in the temple. They were doing it right. The right sacrifices with the right currency looked good on paper, but it actually wasn't true worship. And when Jesus confronted it, man, it made the religious leaders so angry. So what's the word for today? As I, I look at this story and as I'm meditating and digesting, it's simply this. Rather than attaching ourselves to our approved practices of religion, be sure that we're attaching our practices to the heart of God for people who truly desire to worship him with a sincere heart of faith. And it's interesting because right after Jesus cursed the fig tree, he began to teach them about how to have true faith. So rather than attaching ourselves to any approved practice of religion, make sure we are attaching our practices to God's heart for people with genuine faith. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.